Well, the word tonight is don't be a yo-yo. That's the word tonight. Don't be a yo-yo. <laughs> I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying don't be one. Don't be a yo-yo. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying don't be a yo-yo. Up and down. Up and down. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And again, I encourage you to take notes. Write things down. Hallelujah. Don't be a yo-yo. Don't be a yo-yo, however you want to say it. Praise the Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what we're focusing on tonight is be steadfast and immovable. A yo-yo is not steadfast. A yo-yo goes up and down, up and down. And God says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor, your labor, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What we do for Christ on this earth while we have breath, all that we do for Christ has great reward. It has a great recompense of reward. And everything you do will not be in vain. Any labor, big or small, will not be in vain. It will produce back to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. And we've got to work all the more. It doesn't matter what goes on in the world around us. And when there's disasters, when there's terrible tragedies and things that happen, like over this past weekend, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Number one is we need to pray. Prayer is working. We're working for the Lord. We're working in the spiritual realm when we pray. Do you know that when you pray, you're working. You're working in the spirit for the kingdom and the glory of God. Pray for the needs. Pray for, pray for whatever. But pray is work. Be steadfast. Never give up in prayer. No matter how bad the situation is, pray. Keep, keep immovable. Don't let nothing stop you or keep you or slow you down from praying. Pray all the more when you see things happening like that. Pray all the more. Because that's one way we can continue to work for the Lord. Amen. In John chapter 6, verses 28 and 29, they said to him, meaning Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? You notice they said that we may work the works of God. It's not just one thing. Doing the work of God compromises many different aspects. Many different things. It's not just one thing. Prayer is one thing we can do for the Lord. Serving God is one thing we could do in church. There's many different ways that we can do the works of the Lord. Amen? But we must work for the Lord in some way. And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. The number one thing we need to work on, the number one thing we need to work on is our faith, our belief in the Lord, meaning our relationship with Jesus and with God. We need to work on that. How many of you know we need to work on that? Husbands, we need to work on our relationship with our wives. Wives, we need to work on our relationships with our husbands. Relationships require and take work, doesn't it? And Jesus says, this is the work, look what he says, this is the work of God, 
that you believe in him whom he sent. So it's, it's not one, it's not I believed back then and that's it, it's over. Believing and having faith, standing immovable and steadfast in our faith is, is a work. We must work on it. We must continually work on building up our relationship, building our faith from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Amen. We've got to go from, from, from one to another. We've got to keep on working on it and we've got to keep on working on our relationship. This is the work of God that you believe. Above all things, there's nothing greater than faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in knowing that I want a hot relationship with Jesus. I want my faith in my relationship to be alive, to be vibrant, to be growing, to be, to be exciting. I want, it, I want it to be real, 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 genuine. I want it to be the genuine article, the real thing. I know I have faith in my Jesus. Hallelujah. And we've got to work on that. It just doesn't happen automatically. We've got to work on it. We've got to get into the Word of God. We've got to be praying. We've got to be meditating on God's Word. We've got to be encouraging one another. We've got to be listening to the Word of God being taught, being preached. We've got to put ourselves in places. And that takes work. That takes effort. It takes sacrifice. How many of you know it takes sacrifice? Sacrifices work because it requires something on our part. And so that's what Jesus says that you believe. James chapter one, verse six, it says, but him, let him ask in faith. You see, as you're building your relationship with God, as your faith, as you're having faith in Christ, then Jesus says, then come on, build your faith by asking and believing. Every time we step out in faith and believe God, we're exercising, we're doing a work. We're believing God for something. And James says, without doubting, yo-yo, up and down. I believe him today. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We got to stop the I don't knows. And we got to say, yes, Lord. Amen. Yeah, Jesus was yes and amen. Amen, right? He's yes and amen. And so we cannot, whenever, whatever we believe God for, it's got to be yes and amen. Lord, I know, I believe you for this. I know you can do it. I believe you. It's not if it's your will, Lord, or if. Maybe, you, maybe I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe. We don't know the will of God, but we know this will of God. We know it's God's will for us to ask, to pray, to ask and believe. And so, Lord, all I know is this. You said pray and believe. Ask and believe. Ask in the name of Jesus and believe. And Lord, that's the work. It's, I'm going to have to work on that because I'm going to have to work and say, Lord, I'm going to pray and believe. 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 It doesn't happen automatically. We've got to determine it. We've got to purpose it in our heart. And that takes work. To make something purposeful in your heart, I'm going to do this. It takes work on your part. You're going to have to fight off doubt. You're going to have to fight off uh, all, anyone else who comes in with low expectations and say, well, don't believe that much for God. Believe God for the little things. Don't believe God for great things. Start with the little. No. I'm going to fight that off, that mentality. I'm going to fight that stinking thinking. I'm going to fight all those things that try to come in and say, well, don't believe God for too much or too, too you know. No, we have a great and an awesome God. And God said he'll do more than we could ask or imagine. And so it takes work to pray and believe God 
for great things. We have to fight the fight of faith in those areas. And so it says, without doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave, you get tossed about. You get tossed about. Who likes to get tossed about? Well, no, you get tossed about too much, you're going to get sick to your stomach. You're going to get dizzy. You're not going to know where you are. You're going to want to go sit down somewhere. God does not want us to be tossed around by the, the doctrines of men or the, or the mindset of man who thinks lowly of God or lowly of themselves. God wants us to think higher. He wants us to kick it up a notch and think higher and be steadfast, not a yo-yo going up and down. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying that some people, they, they believe God today and then, then tomorrow they're saying, oh, I don't know. Yeah, um, then somebody whispers in their ear. You see, you prayed last week and it didn't happen, so you better, you know, you should just give up or whatever. No, I'm going to continue to believe God. I'm not going to go up and down. My God has me in his hands and I have hold of his word and don't let it go. And so believe God. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast. Hold fast means don't let it go up and down. Hold fast means hold it. Don't let it go up and down like a yard. Hold it. Hold what? Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Wavering means fluctuating, having doubt, not sure. That's what fluctuating means. And we can't be fluctuating in our relationship with Lord. We can't be fluctuating in our, in our faith in which we believe God. We've got to believe God for all things, in all things, through all things. That's how it is. Hallelujah. When you go through the waters, you will not drown. When you go through the fire, you will not burn. That's going to take some unwavering faith. When you're going through the fire, it's going to take unwavering faith to get through. Because you're going through and you know that if you just give up faith, you're going to get burned. But it says if you go through the fires, meaning with faith, focusing on Jesus, holding fast your hope in him, you will not be burned. If you're going through the waters, the, the, the turmoils of life, hold fast to the word of God. Hold fast to your faith in Christ. Hold fast to your confession of faith in Christ and you will not drown. Don't let go. Don't let go. Hallelujah. You know, as you see the flood waters come in, you see people do crazy things, stupid things. They, they get out of their cars and they go walk and they fall in manholes or they drown or whatever. People, we've got to stay, we've got to stay in Christ. And if we stay in Christ, we'll be safe. He'll keep us safe spiritually. Spiritually. Hallelujah. And he keep, we believe him to keep us safe in all things. Hallelujah. You know, in Mark chapter 4, it says that a great windstorm arose and the waves beat the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and they said, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? The waves were tossing them about, and the, the waves, the natural waves of tossing them to and about, got them to waver in their faith. And they asked Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? Meaning they, they thought they came to the point of thinking that Jesus didn't care about their life anymore. That Jesus didn't care whether they lived or died. That Jesus didn't care whether they perished or survived. 
And that's why they asked him, Master, don't you care that we perish? Well, who told them they were going to perish? Huh? Who told them? Did, did, did they get a Twitter message or a, a, some kind of message that's saying you're about to perish? Jesus was with them in the boat. But yet it got into their mindset, it got into their hearts that, that they were going to die. That it looked hopeless. It looked like there was nothing else to do but die. And they woke Jesus and said, don't you think, don't you worry, don't you care that we're going to die? And when Jesus said, ye have little faith. And what did he do? He calmed the storm, calmed the sea. You see, natural events, natural situations and circumstances can make us think that Jesus gave up on us. Where is he? Where, you know, where is he? Am I going to just die in this situation? And so we can't let situations of life make us like a yo-yo. Oh, I believed God on Sunday, but now my boat is rocking. And oh, Lord, are you going to let me die? Am I going to perish in here? Jesus is with you. Jesus cares about your life. Jesus wants you to live and prosper and be blessed for his glory and for his namesake. And so no matter what you're going through is our trust has to be that Jesus cares about my life. He knows me by name. I'm his son. I'm his child. He's watching over my life. And I trust you and believe you, Jesus, to get me through this situation, to guide me with your wisdom and strength and help, and you'll provide for me. And I am not going to perish. And I will, not, I will not be swallowed up by this world. Psalm 77, verses 16 to 20. Psalm 77, verses 16 to 20. Psalm 77, verses 16 to 20. God wants us to trust him, to work on our relationship with, of, with him, to work on our faith. Grow, grow. How do we grow our faith? Reading the word of God, taking it to heart, Believing it, meditating on it, saying, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit, to believe and stand on your word. It is true. It is everlasting. It is unwavering. It's settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Psalm 77, verse 16 says, the waters saw you. Talking about, talking about the, the going through the Red Sea. The waters, it says, look, look at what it says. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you, they were afraid, the depths also trembled. First part of that, it goes right by us. It says the waters saw you. Who created the waters? God. God spoke and waters came into existence. God is the creator of the waters and the waters recognize God. They recognize their creator. The trees in the field, it says, will clap their hands. They'll recognize their God. Jesus says, if you don't praise me, these stones will praise me. You see, all of God's creation will recognize the creator and give him glory. It says the waters saw him. Look what it says. The waters saw him. Twice. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you. 
And look what it says. There was the visual. Here's the visual. The created, the created saw the creator. That which was created looked on that which created him. And what was the result when the, when the creation looked at the creator? What does it say? They were afraid and the depths also trembled. There's got to be some kind of fear and reverence of knowing that I'm the creation, he's my God. You see, nature gets it, the seas get it, the trees get it, animals get it, creatures get it, but man does not get it. Creation looks at God and fears and trembles out of reverence and awe. Man looks on God and The waters, the waters were conscious of the presence of God. Are we conscious of the presence of our Creator who is with us every day, every moment of our lives? Are we conscious of that? Do we have any kind of reverent fear that God knows everything I'm saying and doing? That God is aware of my actions? Lord, I want to please you. I need your help. I need transformation in my life because I want to walk in my life to be pleasing to you. We, God, we need to be conscious of the presence of God just like creation is. If we have a conscious of the presence of God in our lives, it will change the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we respond. We all need help in those areas, all of us. And God, if we become conscious of it, God will help us. It says the depths, the depths of the sea, not just the, the not superficial, the depths of the sea, meaning the very heart of the sea, the very heart of God's creation, trembled. The water swords God, but man refuses to, 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 to discern God. The sea was afraid, the depths of the sea trembled, but proud sinners, people who, who just are, are just stand in arrogance of God, they don't even fear and they don't tremble God. The Bible says demons believe and tremble. Demons believe and tremble. The natural things of this world tremble at God and are obedient to, to the will and word of God. The only thing that rises up against God is man and the devil. Only a man. Uh, and that's why we can't be yo-yos. We've got to be steadfast in walking with God, believing God, wanting God to change our lives. I want to be steadfast in immovable. I don't want you to change me next week or next month or next year, Lord. I want you to change me today. I want you to work in my life today. I need you today. Now, if faith is, now is the time that I need God working in my life. The depths of your heart, there must be and should be a reverence in the depths of your heart for a holy God, for a righteous Father. There's got to be a cry in your heart. God, you are holy. You are my creator. You are holy, Lord God. Help me to live for you. The depths of my heart. That's why God said David was a man after his own heart. Because in the depths of David's heart, he knew God is a holy God. And ah, there's a reverent fear to live for him. You see, if, you're, if you have a fear of God in the depths of your heart, we would not do some of the things that we do. 
All of us. All of us. And the more we have that, that reverent holy fear, not a fear fear, but a holy fear that God is holy. He's my creator. I'm going to stand before him. I stand before him now, actually, literally. I stand before him every day that I breathe. Every breath that I have, God is watching me, listening to me, seeing what I'm thinking, seeing what I'm doing, seeing how I'm responding. And we all need help, don't we? We all need help. And it says, the clouds poured out water, the skies sent out a sound, and your arrows, they also flashed about. Thunder and lightning. We've seen plenty of thunder and lightning, huh? <laughs> Do you fear lightning? Doesn't lightning put a little fear when, when you see a lightning bolt come down? Don't tell me you, you just say, oh, wow, that was great, cool, let me get closer. There's a, there's a reverent fear for a, for a bolt of lightning, let me tell you. Huh? Unless it's a cardboard bolt of lightning, you know, that you can pick up and put down. How many of you would want to reach out and touch a bolt of lightning? Hmm? Only a fool would try to do something like that, right? Let's see, where's the next bolt going to strike? I want to be under it. I want to. See, there's a reverence when you see thunder and lightning. I'm telling you, when it thunders, man, it shakes. And you know, there, there's, there's, there's power in that thunder. There's power in that lightning. But when we behold God, God is greater than the, the lightning and thunder. God has more power than lightning and thunder. And do we fear lightning and thunder, but not fear God, the creator of the lightning and the thunder? You see, our lives got to measure up. Start, we got to start... We got to start saying, Lord, I, I, I know I could do better. I want to do better. You are the God of glory. You're the one sends lightning bolts and thunders and all this other. They, they, you say the word and they come. You, you say the word and they're gone. God could stop a lightning bolt in mid-strike if he wants to. God has that kind of power and authority. And what I'm saying is that, that these are the things that as we see the power and the wonders of God, we should have a reverence in our heart. Our lives should change drastically. Our lives should change. There should be an excitement in our lives of living for the God who has the power of all creation. He created everything. He's almighty. He's all powerful. I want to live for God. The clouds poured out water. Hallelujah. And there was the thunders and lightning. And when we see, the Bible says, if my people are willing in the day of my power. When you see thunder and lightning, you, you expect rain. Most always, right? When we behold the power of God, we should expect rain. Spiritual rain. We should be crying out. Our voices should be like thunder and lightning crying out for a spiritual outpouring of rain upon our lives. God fills the natural heavens and earth with thunders and lightning and the rain pours down. Sometimes it pours so much you can't even see ahead of you. We've been on roads like that, remember? 
lightning bolts striking all around, the rain coming down. Well, our voices, we should be crying out to God for an outpouring of spiritual rain, new rain. Lord God, we want to pray. We want, Lord, your power to pour out the rain. We want to make noise in the heavens and in the earth. And we want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The power of God pour upon us, O oh God. Rain upon us, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. We've got to work. We've got to ask for it. And this should be the cry every day of our heart. Lord, I want an outpouring of your spirit in my life. Lord, I want an outpouring of wherever we... I want an outpouring in our church. I want an outpouring in my life. I want, I want a spiritual outpouring, a mighty rain. But we've got to be thunder and lightning. We've got to be crying to God. Lord, send the rain, send the rain, send the rain, send the rain. Come, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The voice, verse 18, the voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world and the earth trembled and shook. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 97, verses 2 to 5. You could write this down and go look at it. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah. And if we're the light that's crying out to the Lord for an outpouring, we've got to become thunderbolts for Jesus. Thunderbolts crying out for the making a sound, saying there's rain, the rain is coming. Hallelujah. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. There's songs we used to sing, let it rain. Let it rain. We've got to do more than sing a song about letting it rain. We've got to cry it in our hearts. Lord, pour out your spirit. Don't pray, sprinkle. Lord, send a few raindrops my way. No. I don't want a few raindrops. I want an outpouring. I want an outpouring. I want to get drenched. I want to get soaking wet from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet in a spiritual rain, in a spiritual outpouring. How about you? Uh-huh. No umbrellas. I want the whole outpouring right on me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Right up, pour out upon us, O oh God. Hallelujah. Don't run for cover. Get out there, Lord Jesus. Let it rain. Let it rain. Pour out your rain upon us, O oh God. Hallelujah. Pour out your rain. Hallelujah. You know, the next verse, 19, says, Your way was in the sea. Your path in the great waters. And your footsteps were not known. When God parted the Red Sea and had the Israelites go across, God made a way where there was no way. He says, Your path in the great waters. And there were no footsteps, there were no God footsteps in there. But God, by his power, opened the mighty seas and made a way 
And the Bible says that his people went through. But when Pharaoh came, you know the story. And the Bible says that the people feared the Lord and his servant Moses. You see, people had a fear of God and his servants. We live in a world where people who come to church, who call themselves Christians, not here, but people who go to church, they have lost the fear of God and the reverence of God. And church becomes a good time social center for believers. Church needs to be a place where God is reverenced and feared, where he's worshiped and adored, where there's a cry for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that our lives could be changed, transformed, to be lived in holiness and righteousness before a holy and awesome God. God never set up a social center. God never set up a good, feel-good place. God didn't set up a gym or an activity center where we come just to feel good, have some activities and go home. God made a place where we would come and be transformed and changed to the glory of God, where we would enter into the house of God with reverence and fear that the presence of the Lord is there. And God, I want my life changed and transformed. We come with joy and gladness. Yes, we do. Don't get me wrong, but we come with a joy and gladness to, to worship God and to get transformed and changed in our lives. And to have our lives develop a reverent fear for God. He's holy. He's righteous. I'm conscious of his presence 24-7 in my life. And it says they feared the Lord and his servant Moses. Many people fear, don't have no fear, no respect, reverence for men of God, women of God. They become like Miriam when she got struck with leprosy. They said to Moses, does God speak just to you? Doesn't he speak to us also? And what happened to Miriam? Struck with leprosy. Korah in the rebellion got swallowed up in the earthquake. People have lost fear of God and reverence for the things of God and for the people of God. And everyone does what seems right in their own eyes. We can't be like that. We've got to have a reverence for God, a reverence for his house, a reverence for those that God raises up. We've got to reverence one another. If we don't reverence one another, we're not going to reverence anyone else. If we, can't have a, if we don't have a fear of God in our lives... It will not extend this way, and we will have no fear or respect for anyone but ourselves. God doesn't want us to live like that. God wants us to live fearing God, praising Him, worshiping Him. The waters saw God, and they feared and they trembled. Hallelujah. We watch screens, we watch movies, we listen to praise bands. We listen to things and we say, oh, how wonderful the music, how good this, how good that. Little do you hear, what has it done for you and Jesus? How has it touched your, build your relationship with Jesus? Don't tell me how good a band was. Don't tell me how good this was. Tell me, how are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? Did that bring you closer to Jesus or did it just send you away with your foot tapping? 
The foot's going to stop tapping someday. We've got to let all things bring us closer to Jesus. And we've got to have a, a reverence and a holy fear that I want to live my days for Jesus. If a storm comes and swept you away today, if your life perished today, if you were one of the people that perished in, the, in that hurricane, would you be with Jesus? When you stood before him, would you say, Lord, I live the best I could for you? What would we say? I'm not trying to make anyone feel condemned. I'm just trying to encourage you, live for Jesus. Get fired up for Jesus. Our days are short. Our days are numbered. We don't know when we're going to be with Jesus. We don't know when he's coming home. But in the meantime, we've got to be like the waters. They saw him and they bowed before him and they trembled and they feared. And Lord, let your, here am I, Lord God, work your work in my midst. And I'm going to just end with that. There's more. Maybe I'll continue that on Sunday. There's a lot more. But I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We're going to close with that because it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable in your love for the Lord and building your relationship with Jesus. Be steadfast and immovable in developing a reverent fear for God. It will change your life. It will change your life. It will change your life. And why did Jesus come? To save us and to change us. To change us and to transform. Save us and transform us. Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor, your efforts, your time, your work is not in vain in the Lord. Brandon, what you did coming early and doing what you did, that's, that does not go unnoticed by God. Whatever we do for the Lord, cattle comes and cleans, it doesn't go unnoticed by God. There might be nobody here watching her, nobody here watching Brandon help, but God is here, God sees. We've got to be conscious of the presence of God and do it as unto the Lord. Lord, is this pleasing to you? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it the right way? Help me, Lord. Our labors are not in vain in the Lord. Do what we do, being conscious of the presence of God in reverent fear, but at the same time with joy and with gladness. There can be joy, there should be joy and gladness along with a reverent fear for God. Because if we don't have a reverent fear for God, the joy and gladness becomes a big party. And a party can get worldly very fast. But if we have joy and gladness and we have the, the consciousness of the presence of God, we can party, but party in holiness and righteousness. Party by praising God. You can be doing what you're doing and praising God. You could be singing and dancing around. Carol does that all the time, I know. I know, Brent, we can do that. We can serve God and work for God and have joy and gladness and yet have a reverence that God is holy. God is a righteous father. Lord, ah, I want to please you. Hallelujah. Your labor, your work, whatever you do. John and Martha, you come to nursing home. That's a labor that is not in vain. When we pray, our prayers are not in vain. That's a work of the Lord. So pray, keep praying. 
Pray every day. Pray. Pray for me. Pray for my wife. Pray for this church. Pray for yourselves. Pray for your family. Pray for your co-workers. Pray, pray, pray. 